0: All right, what's going on, everybody? So, today's show is something a little different for us on the Next Level Human podcast. I got Joe Venari here from um, Fit Insider. Uh, Fit Insider is a company that focuses really on the tech behind what all of us love in health and fitness. So, we're just going to get into this discussion. I am a tech guy. Before we got started, I was just telling Joe that I have every piece of health tech there seems that is in existence. I have all kinds of stuff all over the place, but I'm hoping that he can kind of guide us into what we should be looking at in the future, what is currently available to us, and then just an overarching sort of theme about how tech is going to evolve and how we all can use it. But Joe, to get started, why don't you get us caught up on uh, telling us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about Fit Insider, and then let's get into this very uh, sort of interesting uh, conversation about tech in the fitness industry.
1: For sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, super stoked to be here and chat all things. Yeah. Fitness, tech, innovation. Um, but we come to it. I say we, my brother and I, uh, have worked in the health and fitness industry for, you know, 10 plus years, probably 12 years at this point, all around, you know, our mission, building businesses that help people live a healthier lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And that has evolved and grew over time from first as, you know, kids who are overweight growing up in a big Italian family, like how do we get ourselves in shape? uh fortunately getting into sports at an early age playing i played uh, high school and college football anthony played high school football and went to the marines and then we got into personal training group fitness uh you name it and that was first to make a buck you know try to try to get a little, a little extra money but um our passion for that really grew as we were able to impact more people and at first that was training one person in a park you know just them paying us 10 bucks and working out in the local field and that grew into classes, that grew into physical locations, um, eventually opened a 12,000 square foot you know, functional training center and then multiple locations. And yeah, I, again, it, it kind of evolved and, and, and grew organically over time. Uh, I think fortunately got into the you know media, internet, um, virtual products, uh, information products at a time that was pretty early on, I think, an evolution of that. And then more recently, call it in the last five years, into the startup and technology world. So early stage companies, investments, really figuring out um, what's next, what's working, what's not. And yeah, being, I think, very forward-looking in terms of uh, what's coming down the pipeline.
0: Yeah, that's why I was excited to talk to you, man, because um, from my perspective, and I'll just give you sort of a... This is the first time, by the way, for those of you listening that Joe and I have actually met and talked and so I want to give you a little bit of a background, Joe, just on sort of how I look at this and then jump into kind of getting your take on this. So to me, I get very excited about uh, fitness tech. And, and one of the big reasons that I do I think dovetails into a little bit of what you were saying is that from my perspective, one of the things that we forget in health and fitness is we treat everyone the same. So there's a couple things that uh, I look at here. Number one, the metabolism is speaking to us all the time. And it is giving us biofeedback sensations, like the way we sleep, our hunger, our energy, our cravings, exercise performance, exercise recovery, you know, libido, menses, erections, digestive function, signs and symptoms, headaches, joint pains, things like that. All of this is stuff that we feel and is relatively subjective, right? And so for me, I'm always excited about are there tools and technologies? Obviously, as a clinician, I take blood pressures, I take respiration rates. I look at blood labs. So I'm looking at biomarkers in the body. And I'm also using tech a lot of time to do treatments. And so I am very excited about this idea of can we take some of this objective data to help us understand more of what our metabolism is saying and more specifically how to individualize things because we are all a little bit different. And So I am really interested in understanding how to use tech to get more specific about how our bodies are responding to things. And so I know Fit Insider is uh, something that I was excited about when a mutual friend of ours, Chase Juning, told me about you. I was like, well, this is really cool because this is going to be someone who sort of understands this tech at a different level in terms of what is coming on the market. So I guess the first thing I would say is uh, how do you feel when I when you hear me say something like that, like, you know, we can get subjective data but we also can get a lot of objective data and the tech might help us there. Is that how you see it as well? Or how do you frame sort of this yeah. whole uh, tech side of things and why it might be important for people interested in health and fitness?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think that's a, a good framing. And for me, it's it's somewhat of a contradiction. right? And because at some level, doing the right things, quote unquote, right, you know, moving more, eating the right foods, sleeping, prioritizing your mental health, just focusing on your overall well being, a lot of those things are free. You know, you, you get to bed on time, you eat the right foods, although you have to buy them. Like that's a discipline thing. Doing body weight exercises, walking more, being physically active, doing those things. In theory, isn't all that difficult. Yet, the majority of people obviously struggle with them. When you look at, you know, heart disease, obesity, diabetes, the the rate of sedentary lifestyles, um, so there's a conflict there. And I think part of what the health and fitness industry does is they try to provide turnkey and foolproof solutions, right? And so that's where you see a lot of the apps, a lot of the different pieces of equipment, a lot of the technology moving in that direction. At the same time what you get is complexity right they get more expensive you need to have some level of understanding of how to use the technology you collect all this data what do we do with it so at some points i look at it and i say we don't need this you know that if you formed healthy habits you should in turn get healthier over time and that's a matter of consistency and discipline and willpower Mm -hmm. but on the other side of the spectrum it's like obviously it's not working for the vast majority of people so clearly there's an opportunity to create solutions that help them, like you said, identify these biomarkers, these inputs, the how we're reacting to things, hopefully over time, even preventing these things from happening in the onset, being kind of predictive in what's going on with our bodies. Um, so I think like with that framing, the end goal of all of this is, I think that it's important to say, let's not focus on where the technology is today in the same way, if you think about where computers started or television, radio, smartwatches, you name it, we are somewhere in the progression between wearing an Aura ring or sleeping on an eight-sleep mattress and fast forward however many years it is, where all of these things, whether it's ambient sensors or you know more powerful technology in terms of what's packed into a smartwatch or ring... It's all happening in real time. And the outputs we're getting in terms of data, the information, it's all seamless in terms of what to do with it, how to respond to it, what you can do with a coach, what your doctor's receiving. Uh, So I think we're just early on in that evolution.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like that thought process. And you know, what it comes up for me too is that how do you know that you might need this kind of stuff? Like I tell the people who watch and listen to me, I get questions all the time. They're like, Jade, I see you're wearing an aura ring. I heard you talk about the, you know, the continuous glucose monitor, or do I really need, you know, um, an eight sleep mattress? You know, for those who don't know, I've, I've done a podcast on that as well with the CEO of eight sleep. It's just a, uh, a biotech mattress that keeps you cool at night, adjust temperature, and also measure certain biometrics. But the idea is there are so many things coming. For example, um, I have, I won't mention the name of this particular product because I'm, you know, I'm not hating on it, but I'm also like, don't love it. But there's a particular product where people will send me and you can breathe gases into it. It measures CO2 and O2 levels and can kind of tell you based on that, you know, if you're burning more carbohydrate or fat. There's not much we can do with that data once we get that from my perspective. And it's still not dealing with. Uh, the calorie, the ultimate calorie levels that you might be taking in. And so the point I'm making here is that there's this idea of like, okay, so we have some of the tech, some of it may not be useful. And then some of it may be useful, but might not be a appropriate for that particular individual, as you mentioned, due to certain price points, or perhaps uh just not something that uh you know is useful. For them, Like not everyone is going to want to wear or need to wear a continuous glucose monitor, but someone who is confused about why they might be having excess hunger or cravings or unpredictable energy levels or uh, unpredictable workout uh, recovery and performance might benefit from some of these things. So I guess the question I have for you, if you have an opinion on this and uh, one of the things that Joe shared with me, too, is that he's a kind of a tech geek in a sense. But he's not a scientist with these things as well. So as I ask him questions, I'm going to be asking more about the opinion of someone who is looking at this stuff and all the new stuff and all the old stuff and seeing stuff that all of us may not know is coming or may not necessarily appreciate. So when you think about this idea of you know certain tech that may be cool tech but doesn't really do much for anybody versus other stuff that might be appropriate for some people, do you have any sense now of what might be the most valuable pieces of tech for the most people? Or do you see this as completely individualized? I'm just curious if you have an opinion where you're like talking to friends and family, like this is something that everyone could or should probably get. Whereas this other thing here is probably a nice to have. And this other thing over here is sort of useless. So I'm just yeah. curious what your thought process is on all the stuff that's coming, because I would imagine more and more stuff is coming.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a question I get a lot, both from, you know, even someone, my mom, right. We'll see an, an ad, whatever on Instagram or on the television and be like, Hey, I want to get X, Y, Z thing, whether it's a piece of connected fitness tech, you know, like a hydro rower. She's like, Oh, should I get a rower? I'm like, well, why would you, why would you want a rower? And she's like, I don't know. Like it, it, it looks fantastic. It looks really fun, you know, whatever it is. And same thing. She's more recently got into, uh, she wears a Fitbit and just likes to track her steps. And does that Help her in terms of her overall health goals and has it inspired her to get moving? And, you know, she takes screenshots and sends us the, you know, her steps in the day. Yeah, it works for her and it inspires her to get moving. So I I think it's a much more individualized kind of approach. Mm -hmm. I oftentimes start by asking people, like, what is your goal? What are you hoping to do? What are you doing now? What is and isn't working? And some of those on ramps can be as simple as, you know, an analog, you all know these, you know, those, these things like an analog food journal, or just, you know, writing it down and sending it to a dietitian, nutritionist, or even a friend to keep you accountable. Whereas on the other side of that, you mentioned things like the glucose monitor, um, using that and seeing for some people seeing the spikes, right. Being able to be like, Oh, I thought this, whatever bowl of oatmeal, or I thought sushi, whatever was healthy. And they see that their glucose is going off the chart. They're, they have that realization. Um, so I think it. I think it is individualized. I think it's on a case by case basis. And I wouldn't say I have seen anything that across the board is like you should use this. And I'm very much like you. Fortunately, folks send stuff all the time, and I get to try a bunch of different things. And have you, you, you know, you name it. I've pretty much tried it. Yeah. I don't use anything. I don't use any device. I don't use any wearable. I don't track anything on a consistent basis um, because it was making me like neurotic. I was already obsessing about these things (laughs) way too much. Uh, So for my goals, it was actually making it worse for me. Um, So, yeah, I think in terms of if you kind of fast forward where the broader industry hopes to get is like these things are super intuitive. They're widely accessible and we are able to, we don't have to interpret the data. It's interpreted for us and it's made into actionable and personalized kind of outcomes. Whereas now, again, you know this, you use the devices and you even mentioned, you know, the the one, which I, I think I know which one you're the product you don't like so much. It's like, what do I do with that information? Yeah. Uh, it's It's not, you know, entirely clear. So, well, why would I continue to pay for it? And how do I know I'm improving on the other side of that?
0: Sorry to break into the show, but I wanted to take a second to cover one of our sponsors and tell you all about Paleo Valley at paleovalley.com. These are the grass fed sticks that I tell you all so much about that all of my friends know I have on hand constantly. They are in my car. They are at my house. I keep them at my sister's home and my parents house. I have these things everywhere because they are the simplest most convenient whole foods protein supplement you can get almost like carrying around pure protein low carb protein in your pocket they also these paleo valley beef sticks are the only the only 100 percent grass fed and grass finished beef sticks on the market they use organic spices they are naturally fermented instead of using nitrates and nitrites that can be a problem in some of these cured meats and they simply taste fantastic check out the original or the jalapeno those are my favorites please make sure you go over to paleovalley.com and visit when checking out use the code next level for a 15% discount remember our sponsors keep the show going by you giving them your patronage and spending your money on these high quality products. You actually do a few things. One, you're helping to support the podcast and two, you are helping your health and three, you are making sure that good quality companies like Paleo Valley can be out there doing their business, changing the world, making the earth better. One of the things you may not know about this is that grass fed organic and grass finished beef is doing something that is so utterly important for our environment actually helping to repopulate the topsoil a lot of people don't know this but our topsoil is being extremely depleted and raising animals especially cattle the correct way helps to get that topsoil back this is one of the reasons why i love paleo valley not to mention it tastes fantastic but they're one of these companies like my other sponsors, Cured Nutrition and Organifi that are doing the right things by the environment. I really appreciate everything they do and I hope you will check them out. Thanks so much, paleovalley.com, use the code NEXTLEVEL, and now back to the show. The way I look at this is, you know, let's let's go just very simple, right? Like you talked about a food journal, literally something that you open up and write stuff in, or, you know, perhaps a more tech-oriented, but still old school, a scale, And so from my perspective, it's like, okay, if you're somebody who steps on a scale and see that scale go up or down, does it give you information or does it have an emotional response in you that is good or bad? So, for example, if you tell me, look, I got a scale, but anytime I step on it, if it goes up. Then I feel defeated. I'm less motivated. It doesn't make me go to the gym and work harder. It makes me crave Ben and Jerry's and eat a bunch of pasta. And, and this is how the personal preferences, right? And, and of, and the psychology of people come into this. So when I talk about the individual nature of metabolism, I say, well, we're each individually, uh, in our, we're individuals in our physiology, in our psychology, in mm-hmm. our personal preferences and in our practical circumstances. And I think in the tech world that perhaps the psychology aspect, which you alluded to, Is a big one because what is this doing to you? If, if it is be, if it's making you neurotic, then that's just another form of stress toxicity. You know, the metabolism is really just one big stress barometer Mm -hmm. and it is responding to that stress. So if it's stressful for you and making you neurotic, perhaps that's not a good thing. If the emotional response to stepping on a scale that is up a little bit causes you to eat more and worse as a result of that which many people do. Now, there's certainly subtypes of people who go, oh my God, that's going to motivate me. That motivates me to eat less and better and get to the gym. But we all know people who are defeated by certain things and people who are motivated by certain things. So when I'm talking to people similar to you, these are the things I'm asking them. like, What do you need? Now, obviously, I do believe we should be measuring and tracking things. If you're not getting results, if you've never learned what a protein is versus a carb, then you probably want to be paying attention to that. So then- A piece of tech like the MyFitnessPal app might be a really good piece of information for you. However, if you're getting, you know, getting on a scale and it is stressing you out and making you do worse things later, perhaps you need to move to something else like circumference measurements or, um, you know, body fat percent or some other measure. So I agree. There's these psychological aspects of us. There's these personal preference aspects of us. And then there's also these practical circumstances, which come down to money and, and yeah. things like that. But for me, um, I oftentimes tell people very much the same thing. They're like, what do I need? I'm like, well, you need to understand the food you're putting into your body. So at some way, shape and form, if you're not getting results, many people don't need to do this, by the way. They're probably going to need to track food in some way. And the apps are, uh, you know, really good for that. Uh, you also probably want to be looking at results in terms of body change if you're looking at weight loss. And we know from the National Weight Control Registry, these are two things that people do consistently who lose the weight and keep it off for good. If we're talking strictly weight loss, you know, we, we're not always talking yeah. about that. But those would be the two things I would say. The only really two things I would say it are necessary for the vast majority of people. And to your point, not everybody. But then it starts getting into all these other things. For example, if you're someone who's very stressed out and don't know how your stress is impacting you, then perhaps you want to get something that can measure your heart rate variability. We now have the ability to see in real time how uh, things are going in terms of your recovery and your readiness. And many apps and devices have those scores there to to include those. And so it really is sort of this thing where I'm like, well, what are you really after? And what is going to make you do better versus what might make you do worse. So it's interesting to me to hear a, a tech guy like you doesn't use any of this stuff. So I wonder if that brings up any, any thoughts for you. And I have some other things I want to cover if not, but uh, just, I just want to see what, you, what your thoughts are about that approach for people.
1: It's, yeah, it's 100% true and accurate. And I think that's where it's almost like there needs to be some type of on-ramp you know where where we say that the the industry is introducing complexity. It's it's way easier to make money selling a lot of these devices than it is to make an impact or make a difference. You know how many people are continuing to use them over a period of time and what are those results? Like there's not a ton of evidence that it actually works or that the outcomes are any better. Yeah. Um, so people are selling a lot of devices, but they aren't necessarily to the point where they are having that wide impact. And the pessimistic view is like, well, they're just kind of cashing in on this trend and they know that and they're taking advantage of people. Um, The optimistic view is like they're just trying to figure it out also. They know they have not arrived at a point where it's like completely turnkey and magically people are healthy. But I think if we look at the just evolution of technology more broadly, it will get closer to that point. So I think that's just kind of one piece of it. And the next piece is, uh, an interesting trend that's started to emerge is using this technology and the tracking and all of the devices as almost uh, you know, we kind of say like activity tracking is evolving into health monitoring, is evolving into medical devices. So actually getting to the point where it is FDA- approved, there have been clinical studies, these things actually work, right? Because all of these devices now that we use on a consumer level, they're just wellness devices, quote unquote wellness devices. Uh, they have not passed any rigorous study other than, you know, maybe trials that the companies themselves have funded and, and studied. Um, so it is not proven out, but what has started to emerge, and this is kind of what you were talking about. Um, when it's like maybe working with somebody, having a coach or a doctor or any type of kind of professional look at this information, uh, it's called human in the loop. So you're taking this technology and instead of me using it by myself off of my own little world and trying to figure it out, they pair that, maybe it's a glucose monitor, maybe it's an aura ring, a whoop, with a f- an actual coach who you can text anytime, who you can have check-ins with, who reviews the information and dissects it for you. They tell you what to do based on what they're seeing. That being like a huge step forward, whereas before it was, you know, maybe I have a personal trainer that I pay... Hundreds of dollars per session for that probably still isn't addressing nutrition with me, mental health, sleep, you know, all those other aspects. Whereas now I can have a device who's tracking all of this stuff in real time, capturing it, and then somebody or a group of people, right? Whether it's a fitness professional, a doctor, a nutritionist, a coach, all going over this information and then telling me what to do based on that. Um, So that being a huge step forward and an interesting trend. Um, yeah. And just maybe throw back to you there before going further down that path.
0: Yeah. And, and actually you and I haven't talked about this because obviously it's the first time we're talking and meeting, but my, my company metabolic.com um, with my business partners, um, what we have been building is exactly what you're talking about. So we, we have a system that essentially says, look, we have, we're going to teach you. If you want to do this yourself, we're going to teach you how to subjectively understand your metabolism. We're going to give you the tools to do that. We have a mm-hmm. coaching program, an individualized coaching program that is four tier. Kind of imagine uh, Noom times four with you know a, th- a free version, then all the way up that allows right. you to text in and um, you know talk to a coach. Even at the free level, we have an individualized nutrition sort of approach, and we have our workout system. We start with, and this is just kind of helping some people understand a little bit about what I think you were talking about, how we started in all of this is helping people understand how to uh, do certain things that are going to be the big movers and then understanding Mm -hmm. how those things impact with your physiology, your psychology, your personal preferences and your practical circumstances and moving people along from the standpoint of like, oh, I can do this by myself versus i need a little bit of help from an app and a little bit of nudges here and there just from an app versus no i prefer you know a human in the loop as you talk about and so our company has look is looking at all of those and actually being able to integrate all that data so one of the things that we're trying to do is we're trying to say look we know you have this subjective biofeedback we also know you've got you, how your weight is changing and those things your your vitals and your blood labs but then we also know based on the individual that they're going to be coming in with certain tech And so we're including in our system the ability to grab that tech, share it with our professionals that work with us, but also uh, make sense of the disparate data out there from many different types of technology into this system. So regardless of what you are using, we can grab some of that data. And some of the things that are important to us are things like HRV uh blood sugar certainly is uh important um uh, the uh what you're what you're eating and how it's impacting uh your blood sugar sleep is a really big one which there's all kinds of they seem to be some of the most uh popular tech but there's all kinds of issues around uh whether they're giving us uh good data or not but at least our company is doing exactly what you're uh talking about here we're essentially using the tech and deciphering the tech for people at different levels, whether they're wanting to do it themselves, whether they just need some support in an app, uh, and, or whether they need a human in the mix. And then we're also trying to gamify this so that people can, uh, build in, you know, the habits around the tech that the tech itself may not have. So that's part of how we're beginning, uh, to integrate this stuff. And I'm, I'm curious based on that, um, approach just from, you know, you're not going to hurt my feelings here if you disagree with this approach, but do you see many people and many companies beginning to do this? Do you see this as a potential good sign and good trend? And, do you, and what do you see as the downside to incorporating so much tech? Is there anything there that you can say positively or negatively in regards to these approaches that we're using and other companies I know are beginning to use?
1: Yeah, I think it's huge. And I think that you're starting to see it at the kind of biggest jump going directly to doctors right so apple introduced a feature last year where you can share your health kit data with you know your a family member or a medical professional and even that is like a step between like integrating this information so that it can be actionable we can you know move to a preventative healthcare model versus a, a sick care model um, but as it relates to kind of like every different aspect of health there are folks doing this down the path of fitness. Um, So Future is a remote personal training company. Um, We're an investor in them and something like that, where I talk about this um, in a podcast with their CEO, my fiance, who's not, wasn't an athlete, never huge into exercise beyond like, you know, going to the gym, getting on the elliptical, et cetera. She's been working out for almost 18 months consistently 3 days a week has not missed a workout in 18 months because of this remote coach that she has and she texts him and they view, review the Apple Watch data and they make personalized workout plans and there are people doing this in nutrition and mental health and down the path all very much you know like telemedicine and the the devices and the apps are enabling that remote aspect of it to keep people accountable which is if you're solving for Accountability or willpower, which is where most people typically fail, um, you're taking a huge step down the path of improving that adherence to the behavior change, like over time, right? That's the outcome that people want to see.
0: Yeah, Um, I want to jump in real quick and tell you about one of my favorite new products. And to start out, I want to ask you a question. If you had to follow your friends around who are not the healthiest in the world and see what they are doing, what would be the number one thing you would probably tell them to do to start? For most people, that's going to be drinking more water, right? This is something that we talk about all the time in health and fitness. It's almost as if we Think of it as an afterthought now because obviously water is so crucial. However, we oftentimes get this wrong. For example, did you know that when it comes to hydration, just drinking water can make things worse? Most people don't know this. Why? Partly because most people are over-drinking water and under-consuming the electrolytes that help water do its job. What we don't realize is that hydration is not just about water. It's about electrolytes, the minerals in there, as well as getting that water into the cells. And so you do not want to be over-consuming water if you're not getting your electrolytes right. And this opens up a whole new discussion because most people are not getting their electrolytes right. For example, did you know that low sodium, too low sodium is an issue? Just as much, if not more so, than high sodium. In other words, what we want if we're going to get the right electrolytes is to get the right amount of sodium and potassium and magnesium in the Goldilocks zone. We don't want too much. We don't want too little. We want it just right. This opens up a whole other thing here, too, because people who are exercising, doing sauna therapies, doing low carb diets are disrupting and losing lots and lots of their electrolytes. For example, when insulin is not around in low carb diets, you will excrete lots of sodium. In other words, under that state, exercising, low carb diets, all these things, you actually need more sodium. And so if you're somebody who's been just drinking water, not paying attention to electrolytes and also feeling fatigued, feeling like you're underperforming, not sleeping right, getting cramps, twitches, headaches, any of these things, then you are probably dealing with an electrolyte issue. This is where the product element comes in. This product has been a game changer for me and many, many of my patients and clients. This is a rehydration electrolyte beverage, basically. It is a powder of electrolytes formulated with a 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams magnesium without the added sugar and other nonsense that comes in beverages like Gatorade. This stuff is basically a rehydration beverage on steroids. It is the thing that is going to replenish your electrolytes in the right ratios decrease fatigue, really correct chronic dehydration. And by the way, many people are dehydrating themselves, becoming hyponatremic, low sodium, when they're consuming too much water. You need your electrolytes on board, especially if you are someone who is losing lots of sodium and other electrolytes through low-carb diets and lots and lots of exercise. This is where element comes in i cannot recommend this product enough i have been using this stuff for months now and i have immediately seen changes in my energy levels i feel like i'm operating on a whole other level and i have seen this as being the primary thing that people who have been using element have been telling me that their fatigue is getting better especially fatigue that comes after very intense workouts that involve lots of sweating and lots of intense output from the nervous system so go ahead and check out element to do so you can go to the link drj.com drink l m n t drj.com drink l m n t when you use that link and make a purchase through that link element will give you a free sample pack of every flavor they have i love this company I love what it does for me and the people I've been giving it to. I hope you will check them out. Love that they're on board with Next Level Human, and I hope you will give them your patronage. Let's get back to the show.
1: I think the things that are, as you go further down that path and kind of zoom out, um, one of the issues is you know, a lot of the different services and a lot of the different devices are very siloed. So you might have your sleep tracker. You might have something else you use for nutrition. You have another thing: subscription, membership, piece of equipment that you use for fitness. Mm-hmm. You know, you still make your own meals and have to figure that out on your own. So the ability to have some integrated end-to-end, right? Either platform or expert coach, uh, I think, is something that we'll see uh, start to become um, more important, more evident. There will be more companies kind of pursuing that in like a turnkey fashion mm-hmm. versus sending somebody out there and them having to figure it out across all these different aspects of health and wellness. And then the other thing is like we're just beginning to understand, you know, can we measure uh blood glucose without a needle, you know, without a uh, poking somebody in the skin and do it over the top of with just a patch or do it measuring sweat or do it measuring whatever the other, you know, input is. Uh, all those things are moving to the forefront in terms of um, like I said, patches, but even as far as like tattoos where they're just putting almost like a sticker on you that can decipher this information. So as we start to understand cortisol levels, blood alcohol levels of, uh, you know, doing blood testing without having to go to the lab, like all of those things are getting us to the point where we can make meaningful interpretations of this information, be preventative about it, and then be very personalized in that prescription that you're talking about, right? Where it's like, hey, these are the things that you need to do based on all the information that we're seeing. Uh, And it's not incumbent upon you, the individual, to figure that all
0: out. Yeah, that's what, that's what we're doing, trying to do at Metabolic. Uh, we, we are essentially and that company for those, cause people have been waiting for this for a while who follow this podcast. Uh, we still have not launched, but we, well, we actually did just launch our, you know, sort of uh, footprint yeah. in online and, and, and as our app. But what we are trying to do is exactly what you're, you're talking about. We're trying to integrate all this data. So it's a one stop shop and a framework for understanding uh, metabolism rather than being in all these. Uh, sort of other places. One of the things that I am most excited about, because I've heard that Apple is perhaps working on, um, actually, I thought it's coming soon, but it wasn't this I, this Apple Watch that they have the ability or are working on the ability to measure blood sugar non-invasively. And so I'm ex- super excited about that kind of technology. And my understanding of that technology is that we, if we figure this out using essentially lights, lasers that are essentially you know, looking at absorption and reflection of certain things traveling through the blood. That if we can do that, we're not only going to be able to get glucose, we're going to be able to get things like cholesterol, triglycerides, and all these other analytes. Are you seeing that that is close? Is that something that is uh, you know in the future for us tech-wise, or is that something that uh, you feel like the technology is just not going to be there anytime soon?
1: It's it's a little bit further off. Mm-hmm. So Apple has kind of said. It, of course, Apple being the massive company that they are and incredible with marketing and brand, um, it's very much at the forefront. So folks often hear like, you know, they're working on this and it was supposed to be in the most recent watch uh, operating system that was released. It wasn't. They hit a bunch of snags in terms of development. Um, the other feature that they're working on is the blood pl- blood pressure monitoring. So the ability to do that, obviously heart disease being a massive issue alongside diabetes. Mm -hmm. Um, And basically they're saying it's not ready for prime time and it's definitely not ready to be at the level where it could get FDA approval. Mm -hmm. Um, So as it's starting to develop, you're also starting to see kind of the biggest companies, uh, a duopoly, if you will, in the space of like uh, continuous glucose monitoring, Dexcom and Abbott, are developing and investing in these technologies to do more non invasive glucose monitoring. Yeah. Um, and both of them, interestingly, moving beyond, they've typically been like a diabetic focused. So medical device company getting into consumer bio wearables. Yeah. So targeting, how do we work with people who are athletes? How do we work with people in the military? What do these biomarkers really mean from the perspective of we understand what it means if you're already unwell or if you have a disease, right? And what to do about it. But there's also this idea, if we cater to people at kind of the pinnacle of performance, military athletes, etc., then we can reverse engineer or almost trickle down health, like how this impacts people on like an everyday basis. Yeah. Um, so I think in terms of development, there's a ton of interesting things happening. And the, the kind of most exciting piece, if you will, is like, There's just a ton of people focusing on it. There's a ton of people talking about it in a way that even two years ago, nobody beyond somebody who was diabetic was talking about wearing a continuous glucose monitor.
0: Yeah,
1: 100%. To now, it's like, oh, could we do that? Uh, There's a company called Known Labs, Mm -hmm. and they're working on a scanning technology they read like uh radio waves that you're from your body so they scan it over your palm and they get all the readings that we're talking about glucose cholesterol triglycerides etc um and the former head of uh kind of partnerships at aura ring left and is now working at known labs Mm -hmm. so it's like and they're pursuing FDA approval. Yeah,
0: so it's like exploding in other words. Yeah.
1: All these yeah. things. It's like, it's, mm-hmm. it's a matter of time before we make that meaningful progress to like, we, we know that it works more importantly, we know what to do with the information once we have it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it gets introduced into both the consumer and clinical setting in a way that like, we can start hopefully see uh, meaningful outcomes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's do this to wrap up. You don't mind it. You may just, you want to, you may balk at some of these because you may just be like, I'd rather not say or, <laughs> or I don't know. But one of the things I think might be helpful for the listeners is if we just go through different categories and see if you can kind of say, yeah, I know of something that's coming or I really like this for you. So I'll just kind of go through a few and see yeah. if you have any thoughts on them. So I know that in the world of resistance training, we're now getting uh, machines that you basically have a, one big footprint, you know, mainly pulleys that are doing things like, you know, you can get up to 2000 uh, yeah. pounds on that thing. And, uh, what, what do you think, uh, or, 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 are you aware of any really cool things that you're just like, Oh, this is really cool in the, in the realm of workout equipment that is here or that is coming that you might just say, yeah, Jay, this is something you might want to check out.
1: Yeah. So I'll start that as I usually do by saying, uh, I have, a full blown, uh, a garage gym that is turned into a full basement gym. So <laughs> uh, I have the bumper plates, the kettlebells, the, you know, uh, concept two rower and all the things that you would think of from like a, a kind of meathead garage gym. Mm-hmm. So again, I don't use much of the high tech stuff. That being said, strength training is an area where there's been incredible kind of innovation more recently. And uh, full disclosure, we're an investor in a company, it's called Arena, that is a a small platform. It weighs, you know, call it around 50 pounds, but does exactly what you said. It can generate hundreds of pounds of force. Um, And so I have one of those and it's really incredible to be able to throw that in the back of the truck and take an entire gym literally anywhere. Uh, My brother has one and it's... Uh, he lives in an apartment and to have a full gym in an apartment in a 50 pound, 60 pound device is pretty insane. Um, so that's been huge. But then you also have um, ones that are target targeting the commercial sector. So a company called OxFit uh, based out of Dallas, they have a it's a much larger machine. It looks like a traditional Smith machine. But uh, it's all high-tech. So it has force plates on the bottom, the ability for you to sign in and put your workout in. It automatically adjusts the weights and does everything for you. Um, And they're in like you know, professional sports teams, football teams have them, and physical therapy centers have them as well. And they have like an at-home one as well. Um, So that's another good example. And then one that I don't even think they released the product yet. Uh, It might be in like a closed beta. It's called Kabata or Kabata. Uh K B A T A, it's smart dumbbells. So it's like that selectorized dumbbell that you've seen, but tracks the reps, tells you what weight you should use, monitors everything that you're doing, designs the workout for you, um, so on and so forth, which are like same idea. Lots of people could buy a set of dumbbells, but what the heck am I supposed to do with it? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Do I know what I'm doing? And am I is there any progressive overload over time? Am I improving? Yeah, yeah. Uh, So super interesting. And that's just like on the straight training front.
0: Okay. So arena, Oxfit, Kabata are things that we all might want to check out. How about in the arena of measuring body composition? I know we have certain things that, you know, they use lasers to look at uh, subcutaneous fat around the belly, or we have, you know, smart tape measures, or we have uh, devices that I've seen that can take pictures, do your measurements, extrapolate you know, a a body fat percent from that, anything in that arena where we're measuring body composition or, you know, measuring that kind of stuff that you think is cool or useful, or are we just not there yet?
1: Probably the closest one. It's a French device maker called Withings. Mm -hmm. Um, And they started with a watch and now they've evolved. Their most recent product is a a scale. Mm -hmm. And so you stand on the scale. Not only does it do your weight, but it also does uh, like your heart rate. It does like an EKG, and it also does body composition. So it'll tell you basically all that. Send it directly to the app, and they're building like an ecosystem, right? So it's the scale, the watch. They have a mat that you use in bed, um, and uh, also a blood pressure cuff that you can do readings with. And it feeds all that back into the app, and obviously kind of puts it all together for you. So, and and they have on a lot of their devices. FDA approval or pending FDA approval. So it's a consumer facing company, but definitely going down that path of like legit medical validation.
0: Yeah. A couple of years back, I got a product called Naked. I don't know if you've heard this, but it's basically a scale. You sit on smart uh, mirror that basically shoots lasers at you, spins you around, does all your measurements, and then extrapolates body fat percent off that. It worked for about a year, broke down. Then it's been uh, hell working with them. I did like that machine just because it was an easy a thing, but it just goes into how tough some of these bigger things are to get customer support on. Um, how about in the, you know, you talked a little bit about this, but how about in step trackers and just things like that, that integrate, you know, movement patterns and or at least the movement activity, anything that you love there? I mean, I know Fitbit is a huge player. I know Aura has that, you know, uh, most of these things, you know, your phone even has yeah. a step counter, but is there anything that you just love that you're like, well, this is these are, you know, cool products in that area in terms of step counting and that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. I think there's, um, it's not directly step tracking, but even the idea of like what comes after just using an accelerometer or the GPS to track your activity. Mm -hmm. And so you have something like Strava, right. Which a lot of people use, it's very popular with like cyclists and runners, um, but then moving more into like hiking and trail sports and just like getting people outside in general. So using these things to track activity, getting more social with how they're sharing that data. Um, and then we invested in a company called Any Distance. It started out as like a run and walking kind of tracker, but now it's evolved into a kind of like Web3, very like gamified version of Strava. So uh, different challenges within the app. Um, sharing that information socially, collecting badges, uh, companies doing like product drops, like let's say a Lululemon or an athletic greens doing a product drop within that. And if you've completed certain tasks or activity metrics, you can get that. Um, so I think those are super cool. There's not a ton, right? In terms of making those things beyond collecting the information and you sharing it with your friend, like, well, how do you do competitions? How do you do sharing that data? How do you meet new people potentially or find out about events or meetups? Um, so all that type of stuff. And then I also think it's interesting um, when you get beyond the phone or, or wrist wearable, um, like smart insoles. So there's a company called Plantiga that's kind of developing down that path, like gait monitoring. Do you have imbalances? How's your posture? How's your force output in production? Uh, a lot of things that are Way more interesting, right? If you're like a runner or a triathlete, um, but certainly has potential for elderly populations that are like a fall risk or are starting to lose like balance and, and those sorts of things. Yeah. Uh, so I think there will be a lot down that path as well.
0: I've also heard, I've also heard that, you know, there's going to be smart clothing coming along as well. Sure. And there actually is that has biometrics in the clothing and things like that. So that's yep. really neat what's sort of going on there. How about uh, things like, um, you know, uh, the performance, you know, like I would consider things like whoop, R ring, things like that more and like sort of the performance biohacking, you know, uh, rest recovery type of stuff, anything there that you, you know, you love that is sort of integrating lots of data to tell you how you're performing, how you're sleeping, how you're recovering that you love, or or the ones I mentioned, sort of the ones that you like as well.
1: Yeah, those are definitely the mainstream if you will um and the ones that are kind of at the forefront i'm trying to think just in terms of beyond those basic metrics i think kind of two things that we're starting to see obviously glucose monitoring being one of them Mm. used in the performance setting um specifically a company called super sapiens they're primarily in europe right now but their glucose monitor but targeting endurance
0: athletes. So that makes like, complete sense. The yeah. Endurance athletes definitely have to have their glucose dialed in
1: for sure. So they have a partnership with Ironman, right? And a lot of those athletes are using it, but they also developed a wrist worn kind of component of the glucose monitor that displays your glucose and tells you when you should be fueling based on your performance levels. Ah, so to your cool. point around that, like that's pretty compelling, right? And it it has, it's definitely for a specific audience. It's not for everyone. Um, but the application is like, yeah, you cannot, the, the term hitting the wall in terms of like training or competition literally means when you're you're out of glucose, you cannot go any further. So this telling you about that, uh, is huge.
0: Yeah, it would be, it would be really interesting. I'm, I'm really interested when they finally get both for, for diabetics in my population, but even for athletes, In looking at glucose and ketone correlations, beta-hydroxybutyrate and glucose, because obviously they move in different directions, right? So, I guess if you have ketones up here and you have low blood sugar, that's a different story than if you have low ketones and low blood sugar, you know. And so, there's a lot of cool things uh, sort of going. And there's one more thing I wanted to ask you, but it went out of my mind. Let me see um, what is in relation to. We covered, we covered workout stuff. We covered trackers. We covered. Um, oh, mattresses and things like that. So I do, I do sleep on an eight sleep. People have heard me talk about uh, eight sleep. I do have an affiliate link somewhere for eight sleep. And anything else? You know, Chili pads, another one. Anything yeah. else in that arena with sleep? You know, high tech mattresses or devices that are measuring sleep. One of the things that I have always wondered about, and have talked to several, uh, you know, because in my field, and I'm sure with you too, you get to talk to lots of different experts and lots of colleagues. And there's a whole argument about like, you know, you can't measure these stages of sleep directly through these uh, devices. They're only correlating based on temperature, respiration, movement patterns, that kind of thing. But they're saying, you know, some people are saying they're within 80%. Other people are saying they're not even close. So it's kind of all over the place, you know, in terms of who you talk to and how tight they are. But just curious, any thoughts you have in that arena? Because I know at least that's one thing that most people are interested in the sleep you know, uh, sleep devices to help you sleep better or to measure sleep, you know, and to deal with all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, there's not a good answer, right? Both on the research and on the efficacy of a lot of the devices. Uh, I also, you, you mentioned talking to Mateo, the the CEO of eight sleep. Mm -hmm. I know him decently well, and I've had him on the podcast a couple of times. And I think again, back to the, the optimistic view the pessimistic view being we're just all wasting our time and money trying trying to do this stuff. (laughs) The the optimistic view being like, okay, we're definitely making progress and even like adjusting the temperature and all those things is helping. Um, They have talked about both the ability to potentially compress sleep, right? That we get it dialed in from a technology standpoint so much that they help you fall asleep faster. They get you to deep sleep faster and you stay there longer. And the quality of sleep is so much better that six hours of sleep, that eight hours of sleep, rather, you know, you can get that in six hours. Mm -hmm. So can you compress sleep? That's super far off. And even they will admit that. But even thinking like, oh, that's a possibility is pretty insane. Yeah. Um, And also the idea that like we spend so whatever that stat is like a huge percentage of our life sleeping. Well, what if it can do other things while you're sleeping? Like, yeah perform some type of diagnostic test, do a scan of your body, measure whatever blood heart rate, other biometrics to maybe diagnose a disease or signal that something is wrong in the same way that we're starting to see wearables do now. Like, Oh, Hey, you have a fever. Like you're getting sick. Like all of those things packed into like an, a legit medical bed, like It's not far off in terms of just if you think about how quickly things, uh, from an innovation standpoint, accelerate. So, nothing to report as of yet. Mm -hmm. I'm also skeptical. Uh, It sounds like as you are, but um, exciting to think about the potential.
0: Yeah, yeah. I appreciate you, man. So let's. Why don't we end just by anything that you feel like um, the listeners should be paying attention to, things that you feel like that are exciting to you, that you feel like these are the things I'm paying attention to, and. You know, just what we should be keeping in mind or any other thoughts you have.
1: I think the biggest thing for me, um, and I don't know if it's directly relevant to the listeners, but I think it could impact them, right, mm-hmm. is so much of the conversation that we've talked about today. And again, is, is a contradiction, but um, a lot of this is the fit get fitter. A lot of these products are for people who are already healthy or maybe have disposable income or already have or are inclined to be investing in their health and wellness. So when you look at all the opportunities, whether it's from accessibility or from a price point or from an ease of use or even things like gamification and virtual reality or whatever it is, if we can continue to come up with ways that appeal to more people beyond the audience that's already going to be spending money on these things, uh, that's the thing that I get most fired up about. And, you know, that's what we try to cover and look at for it fit insider. So, uh, that's the thing that, yeah, I get excited about every day.
0: Yeah. You know what, man, I'm so glad you brought that up. Cause one of the things that I feel like has happened in the health and fitness world is that, you know, you, you basically see that you wonder, well, why aren't people making progress in all these stats? And it is, (laughs) I feel like, because so many of us who are interested in fitness are only, caring about, talking about, and most of it's unconscious. We're certainly not doing this on purpose, but we're also dealing with our tribe and talking to amongst each other and thinking that everyone's on board instead of going out and being like, what do we do for people who are not interested in any of this stuff, who need it perhaps even more than we do, and how can we um, deal with them? And metabolic.com, my company, is trying to do that as well. So it's really interesting that you and I, I think, are on – a lot on the same wavelength there. I do think that health and fitness industry, unfortunately for a lot of us are just talking back and forth, you know, and I have heard, you know, people talk about the idea of healthism, another one of these isms that goes along with sexism and racism and all the else, whereas if I'm healthy, then I'm better. I'm a better human than you, you know, so this kind of stuff is a whole other uh, issue that is sort of going on. And I certainly like you want to see ways that this tech can really help uh, you know, people who are not necessarily into health and fitness in the first place. So I'm really glad you know, that you uh, said that. And I think that helps frame things for all of us where it's like, okay, for all of you listening who are biohackers and in the space that Joe and I are in, that's great, right? And definitely look for that kind of stuff. But also keeping in mind that not everybody is going to have use of this or can use this stuff. And we should be thinking about uh, collectively as a society, which of these pieces of tech, and maybe even guessing on which of these pieces of tech are going to be the most useful for uh, most people. So Joe, tell us where, uh, I know Fit Insider, right? Uh, You guys are on Instagram, but tell us where people can find you in particular, if you're, you know, and also uh, how to get involved with Fit Insider. One of the things I like about you is I've been looking at Fit Insider is if you're into this kind of conversation that Joe's educating us on, Fit Insider uh, is constantly showing different tech that's coming and reporting on that that tech. So where can they get more of you and more of Fit Insider?
1: Yeah, just check it out. Uh, It's all free. It's insider.fit.co. Newsletter, podcast, a bunch of different news articles, resources, uh, and we're super accessible through there. So yeah, hit us up.
0: Insider.fit.co. Joe, thank you, my friend. I really appreciate you coming on and educating all of us. It was uh, wonderful to meet you, my man. Likewise.